This morning, in this series that we're in called Confession of Faith, we're going to talk to you this morning about faith for something new. Everybody say faith for something new. Pastor Mike's going to talk about my new car. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about faith for that something kind of new, okay? You may, God may bless you in that way, and that's awesome, okay, that he does. But I want you to study. I want to study this today. This is so powerful. In Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 15, the scripture says, God is saying of himself, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea, the Red Sea, okay? The Red Sea's not a puddle. Come on, somebody, can you hear what I'm saying to you? Okay, you can look it up on Google Maps. You can see it. It is a real ocean. Uh, It's a real space in the ocean, okay? And we're going to talk about that here just a little bit, here a little bit more in in uh, in the coming moments. Verse 17 says, I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget All of that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. I don't know about you, but that gets me fired up. I don't know about you, but that cranks my tractor right there. Come on, somebody. Amen? You kind of see this space and you say, hey, forget all the miracles that I've accomplished in the past. Forget all of the great things that I've already done in your life. I'm about to do something that's going to blow your mind. Amen. He says, God says this. He says, forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Verse 19, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Now, this was the declarative word spoken by Almighty God to his people. God made this claim about himself. God was stating these things about who he was and who he is. And he began to speak to his people at that time, and I believe he's speaking to us today, amen. He began to speak a faith Path. Everybody say faith path. He began to speak a faith path out of their captivity and into the liberation and redemption that he had for their lives. And so God was calling his people out from the old things and he was calling them into something new. Amen. He was calling things that were not as though they had already happened. That's what God does. That's the way he speaks. That's his vernacular. Amen. And when God says something is going to happen, look at me. When God says something is going to happen, it's already in motion. God's already working on it. Amen. He's already doing things that you had no idea that he was, he was in the middle of working on. You ever shown up in a situation, you just, bam, this miracle happened, and you're like, oh my goodness, what, what, what was going on? But you begin to look at all the timing and all the space and everything that had happened, and just, uh, uh, just a half a second earlier, and you might have been in that car crash. Huh? Just, just a moment later, and you might have missed that situation. You might have missed that moment. And so when God says something is going to happen, it's already in motion. It's already a done deal. And I believe that God is speaking some things into our hearts and into our lives today, just like he spoke into the lives of the Israelites. Amen. So I've got a few things that we're going to pick out of Scripture, pick out of this right here in Isaiah uh, chapter 43. Point number one, God says, I've got this. 
Doesn't that make you feel good? I've got this. I'm going to take care of that. I love that statement. I love that mindset. In verse 15, God begins to talk about himself. And he says, I am the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator and king. And before God ever even makes a promise to his children, God declares his ultimate title, I am. I am the healer, I am the deliverer, I am the salvation, I am the maker and the creator of all things. Before he even makes them a promise, he begins to tell them who he is. And immediately he follows that up with four other titles about himself. I am the Lord, I am the Holy One. I am the creator. I am the king. So we look at this space and we say, hey, number one, he is our Lord. He's teaching us about his authority. He is all authority. He is all power. He is all wisdom. Is he your Lord? Huh? Is he your God? Is he your king? Amen. The second thing he says is, he is your holy one. He says, I am holy, I am righteous, I am matchless, and I am incomparable. Is he holy to you? Amen. The third thing he says is that he is the creator. He says, I'm the maker. I'm the creator. I'm the blueprinter. I'm the designer of all of life and the sustainer of all things. Is God your creator? Let me tell you, it doesn't matter what school says. It doesn't matter what politicians are trying to talk about. It doesn't matter what professors are trying to say. This is the unadulterated, unchangeable word of Almighty God. And God said in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I believe that God created the heavens and the earth. Come on, somebody, give me, uh, uh, give me an encouragement this morning. Can we do it? Amen. I believe that he's our creator. And then the next thing he talks about is he says, I am your king. Listen to this. Kings, for, for many, many years, they either had kings that the people loved or kings that the people hated. But let me give you what they were trying to see in a king. Okay, they needed from the king. The king was one who would take care of you. Huh? He put the wall around the whole kingdom, not just around where he stayed. Can you hear what I'm saying to you? Amen. He would take care of you. He would be a protector. He was going to be, uh, he was going to take care of you with security. He was going to take care of you through protection. He was going to take care of you through provision, health, and prosperity. He wasn't just going to tax his people and expect nothing from them. Amen? They gave one to another. They loved their king and they honored their king. Right? That's exactly the way that it is. And Jesus is telling us that I'm your king. I fight for you. And listen to me. That tells me that God is well able. I love to hear that God has opened up the heavens to fight for me. Come on, somebody. Amen. I love to hear that. That declares unto me that God is more than qualified. So I'm going to ask you the question, what are you believing God for this year? What are you believing God for? Pastor Mike, is this a January sermon? Uh Uh-uh. This is a July sermon. Amen? I don't need this in January. Sometimes I need it in July. Sometimes I need to hear, you know what, God, what am I believing you for? What am I trusting you for? Can you see it in your heart? Can you see it in your mind's eye? Listen to me. You can trust God. You can trust him. So are you going to release your faith and take hold of God's promises for your life? Because whatever is happening in your life, God's got this. Somebody say a good amen right there. He's got this. He's got this. He's got this. Look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 8. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. 
Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek God's will in all you do. I know I seek my will in all I do. Huh? Amen. I'm, I'm going here. I'm going there. I'm going to get this. I'm going to Culver's. I'm going to get ice cream. I'm going to get a turtle sundae. Come on, somebody. Whatever it is, I seek my will in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. God says, seek his will in all that you do, and God will show you which path to take. Pastor Mike, I'm confused. Seek God's will in all you do, and God will show you which he wants you to get on the faith path of trusting him. Can you hear me? Verse 7, he says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Listen, I'm talking to the church here for just a second. Can I talk to the church for just a second here? Huh? Fear the Lord and turn away from the evil. Don't embrace it. I don't care what everybody else is doing. Don't engage it. Don't don't be impressed by it. Amen. That will destroy you. Evil destroys. Praise God. Verse 8. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Now verse 5, we see this. We trust God because he's the one who knows the end since the beginning. He's the one who know, he knows what's going to happen before he even started it. Come on, somebody. He knows the end from the beginning, so we need to trust in him. God knows every situation you're going to face. God knows every pitfall. Come on, somebody. He knows every pitfall that's waiting on you. And verse 6, we see this. It may not be the easiest path, but you can rest assured in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit that it's the right path to take. Praise God. Point number two, point number two, number one, God's got this. Number two, God's done it before. Do you see this? I've done it before. I'm, I'm pulling, this, pulling these points straight out of Scripture. God says, I've got this. God says, I've done it before. That's what he says in verse 16. Look, I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a, a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and all of its horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. This isn't in my notes, but I have to talk about it. I've seen the History Channel before do, uh, do excerpts on this. And they said at that time of the year, at that time of the season, there was a drought. And in that space, that's, where, that's how God was able to bring the... The land back into a dry space. Okay, that's how that's how God did it. So are you telling me that there was a drought and then all of a sudden all of this extra water showed up that killed all of the king's horses and all of the king's men? Is that, is that what you're trying to say to me? Well, I didn't know how impossible our God was, but that sounds like a greater miracle than God going ahead and parting the whole ocean. Amen. Go ahead, give him a hand clap of praise. Does that blow your mind? Listen, just because it's on the History Channel don't mean it's true. Amen. Trust the Word of God. God says he opened the ocean back. Then God opened the ocean back. And watch this. They walked across on dry land. Huh? They weren't walking across on mucky ground they weren't walking across you know they're probably walking by can you just look mom look at the seahorses I mean you talk about an aquarium come on somebody you talk an aquarium they didn't have to pay money for it anyways it's just how my mind thinks let's move on Pharaoh's armies watch this 
God drew them into the ocean. He drew them out. He says, I made a path for you. I made a way into and through the sea. God is saying, I've done it before. I can do it for you. I'm not sure what space that you walked up to, what sea, red sea that you're standing in but or standing up next to. And the devil feels like he's got you cornered. Can I tell you God is still able, exceedingly able to do above and beyond all that you can ask, think, dream, or accomplish? All that you could imagine, God is able to do more than that. God is saying, I've done it before. I can do it again. Will you be bold enough to trust me? Huh? That's God's question, not mine. Will you be bold enough to trust him? Huh? Will you be bold enough to have faith in him for the miracle that you desire? Will you place your confidence in God for the deliverance that you require? Mark, congratulations, my friend. Four months clean from alcoholism. Four months clean. You guys, Mark, wave at us right there. Look at this young man right here. He walked into church. He was sneaking past me, heading to the offering. He was sneaking past, heading to the offering receptacle. Snuck past me, didn't say nothing. Snuck all the way back, and he said, I'm four months clean. Come on, somebody. If God can do it then, God can do it now. God is still doing it. He's ready for somebody to believe. He's ready for somebody to step out in that space of faith. Hallelujah. God can move mountains in your heart, move mountains in your life, because God knows how to accomplish the impossible. God knows how to speak life into dead things. Hallelujah. He gave us a road to freedom. He gave us a river to fullness. You know, the thief, remember, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But what has Jesus come to give us? Life and life more abundantly. Amen. He's opened up this space. He gave us a road to freedom. And this illustrates God's unchanging character towards his people. Amen. He didn't do it for Joshua then, and then he won't do it for Joshua today. Huh? Do you hear what I'm saying? He did it for Joshua then. He'll still, he'll still melt down whatever he's got to do to destroy the walls of Jericho if he needs to. Amen. Can you hear what I'm saying to you? How big is your God? How big is our great and mighty God? God reminds us that he'll make a way. He'll make a path through the impossible. Why is God reminding us of that? He is stating his qualifications to handle the dreams of your heart, to handle the desires of your heart. I did it then. I can do it today. I did it back then. I will lead you through it. I'll open up the space and walk you through dry ground. Come on, somebody. Walk you through that, even though your enemies are banging down on the back door. Huh? I'll open up the ocean if I need to. So you got to ask yourself the question, do I believe that? Do I believe that for my life? Can I receive that for my situation? Can I receive that in the space that I'm in? And then verse 17. Verse 17, he says, he says, I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned and, and, and they drowned their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. Can, can I tell you something here? God didn't do that to kill them. In, in scripture, it says that he confused all the captains. It said he made their, he made their chariots break down. He, he, he made all this confusion go on. But they still kept coming after the children of God. You can't do that and there be no repercussion for your actions. 
You can't stay, listen to me, you can't stay walking in that kind of disobedience in your own life and there be no repercussion for your actions. Can you hear what I'm saying? Well, I'm going anyways. I'm, gonna, I'm going after those people. I'm going after those people. God did everything he could. The Holy Spirit, I believe, did everything that they could to warn Pharaoh's armies. And Pharaoh's armies kept coming. You remember the ten plagues, right? He did everything that he could to warn them. Hey, leave God's children. Somebody's not helping. Y'all need to help me preach this morning. Amen. <laughs> He was doing everything he could to to get them to focus in on, hey, I've got their back. I've done it before, and I'll do it again. Praise God. Point number three. Point number seven. Well, let me say this. Verse 17. God will defeat and destroy all the enemies. They keep coming after God and God's people, and God will defeat. He'll give them chance after chance after chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. Amen. And finally, to their own demise, they made a decision to follow on through and put them in a corner and put them into a space. And God said, I'm telling you, if you go across on that dry land, I'll snuff every one of you out. That's exactly what had to happen. Point number three, God said, I'm going to do it again. Amen. Can I share something with you? God's never done. He's not done. He's not done with you. He's not done with the situation you're walking through. He's not done with your next door neighbor. He's not done with the seeds that you planted in those around and about you. He's not done. Amen. God's never sitting around doing nothing. You don't don't call God up and say, hey, God, what you doing? Just chilling. Just chilling. Okay. That's not what God does. Come on. He's working. He's constantly working. Praise God. Hope City Church, listen to me. Listen to me. God's about to do another new thing. I'm preaching this to myself. Pastor Mike. I don't call myself Pastor Mike, I just say Mike, but anyways, Pastor Mike, God's about to do something new. God's about to do something new in the hearts of the young people, in the hearts of the teenagers, in the hearts of the children, in the hearts of those in the nursery. God's about to do something in the couples in this church. God's about to do something in the single adults in this church. Somebody help me preach this morning. He's about to do a new thing. He's about to do a new thing. Alec, God's about to do something new. Can you receive it? Amen. He's about to do something new. Becky, God's about to do something new. Albert, God's about to do something new. Amen. Delvon, God's about to give you a new joke. Come on, somebody. One that you laugh at deep down. He's going to do something new. Watch this. Listen. God will do it again and again and again and again. Why? So he reminds us how good he still is, how merciful that he is. I've delivered, I I delivered back then, I'm still delivering today. I've healed before and I can do it again, God says. I've saved and I've rescued and I've resurrected before and I can do it again. But I love this. In verse 18 he said, hey, don't get stuck there. Don't get stuck in all that. Verse 18, forget all that. Amen. It is nothing compared to what I'm about to do. What I'm going, can you see that? Are you looking at it? He says what I'm about to do. Can you see that for your own heart? Can you see that for your own children? Can you see that for your own children's children, for what I'm about to do? Amen. God says, hey, you saw me do it before. You witnessed me accomplish miracles. You witnessed me accomplish uh, signs and wonders previously. But forget all of that, it is nothing. Somebody shout, it's nothing. It's nothing compared to what God is about to do. In my heart, 
in my calling, in my purpose, in my family, in my job, in my career? Can you see it for your own life? Hallelujah. I know a lot of times we just kind of get focused on the former things. Well, I remember back, God did all these miracles. God did all these signs and wonders. When was the last time you asked God for a miracle? When was the last time you trusted? When was the last time you prayed in faith? When was the last time we prayed and fasted for a miracle that God was going to provide in our hearts and in our lives? Come on, somebody. Amen. Don't just focus on the former things, but set your heart and set your passions upon the new things God is moving in. Amen? Set your heart and your mind upon the new things God is moving you toward. Amen? And the things that God will finish and accomplish. Praise God. Stand in awe and be amazed. Not at what he's, not at what he's done, but what he's about to do. You can't drive down the highway doing 85 miles an hour staring in the rearview mirror. Amen? You're going to smash somebody. Amen. You're going to Hulk smash somebody. Can you hear what I'm saying to you? Amen. You got to pay attention to what's in front of you. Forget all that. Praise God. Move forward and believe God for something. Believe God for something new. Believe God for a healing in your marriage. Believe God for a healing in, in your relationship with your children. Believe God for a healing in your relationship with your parents or your coworkers or your neighbors or your enemies. Believe God. And God can move in your heart and move in your life. Hallelujah. I know a lot of times we see God, he's done so much behind us, it seems impossible to trust him in the future. Yeah? It's just like, I don't know how God could ever top this. This is miraculous. How could he ever top this, right? But I think when God has done so much behind us, it it seems impossible for us to trust him. But watch this. I, I think it's like God gets something accomplished and we see a finished product. But God, he's just getting started. Can you see what I'm saying? He's just getting started. Amen. He he sees that opportunity, and God sees the beginning of an opportunity for more miracles, and more lives changed, and more ministries launched, and more people discipled. God sees more people strengthened and serving his kingdom. God may have brought your family in, but he sees your family and your family's family coming in. And then he sees your neighbors and your neighbors' families coming in, being a part of what God is doing because he's all about more and God sees more people strengthened more people serving his kingdom God always envisions more he never ceases to see more he dreams for more he wishes for us to experience more he wants you to grow in him more somebody say thank God amen God's deepest and greatest desire is always more God envisions more missions more Missions trips, more missions dollars sent all over the world. Listen, not just out of this country. We need some missionaries in this country. Somebody say an amen right here. Amen. Listen to me. Listen to me. You're it. I'm it. I'm a local missionary. Hey, what you do? Hey, what you do? Hey, what do you do for a living? I'm a missionary. Everywhere I go and in everything that I do. Well, I thought you worked at Hitachi. Well, that's what I do on my day hours. The rest of my life, I am a missionary. Amen. Come on, somebody. Preach with me. Because God envisions more. More salvations. 
More people walking out their purpose. More people getting filled with the Holy Spirit. More people getting baptized. More people operating in their calling. More people living out their mission in God's kingdom. And significance is in what is ahead of us, not in what is behind us. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Pastor Mike, do you remember this? Do you remember? I remember all those things. I'm not stuck in that space. Amen. Not going to stay stuck in that space. God called, listen, watch this. God called the Israelites out of Egyptian slavery. Watch this. Each and every one of us have a past, but that doesn't define us. Amen. God called the Egyptian, He called His people out of Egyptian slavery that they were in for decades, might I add. They were in that for generations. Yeah? And God provided for them over and over again in the wilderness and in the desert places. Why? Because God, he's called the Israelites out of Egyptian slavery. God's called us out of slavery and bondage. Huh? God's called us out of the darkness and into the light. God has called us out of evil and he's called us into his goodness. He's called us into his hope. He's called us into his mercy. He's called us into his holiness. He's called us into his righteousness. Praise God. Hallelujah. God has provided freedom for each and every one of us. Freedom from depression. Amen. Freedom from guilt. Freedom from shame. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Praise God. Sorry, i got to finish the verse. Amen. He's provided freedom from discouragement. Freedom from despair. Freedom from destruction. God has provided hope and rescue for all nations. Hey, 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 all nations, every tribe, every tongue, every people group. He's called them to salvation and rescue in it through Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Hallelujah. Point number four. I'm about to do something new. Why would God say I'm about to do something new? Is it like a warning? You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, pay attention here, you know. I feel like it was. Hey, you guys, hey, hey, hey. He's like, hey, forget all that. I'm about to do something new for you. Right? What what were the Israelites known for all the time? Complaining. Complaining is the language of unbelief. Huh? It's a language of unbelief. I don't believe. Well, I just, I wish God would do something great. I wish God would help my marriage. I wish God would help my finances. Complaining is the language of unbelief. Amen. We see this. God says, I'm about to do something new. Listen, his announcement was a statement of his character. Here's his character, redeemer. I'm about to redeem you. I'm about to get you out of this. I'm about to bless you in ways you've never, you you can never even imagine. And so God is calling us to come up and out of the ordinary and rise above our limits. He's asking us to see. He's asking us to respond to his hand of preparation and purpose in our lives and in the church. Go ahead, he says. Go ahead and look in the past. Go ahead and read about the miracles. Go ahead and read about the signs and the wonders. I'm so grateful. But please don't forget to look in astonishment at what God is about to do, where he's taking you next, where he's taking this church next next where he's taking these leaders next come on 
amen, what he's going to do in the lives of those around and about us. And as we live righteously, according to God's word, with the vision to see God's kingdom come here on this earth, are you expecting God to do a new thing in your life? Because you ought to be, huh? You ought to wake up in the morning and say, man, I can't wait to see what God is going to do in my life today. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? That may seem overwhelming when you consider your present circumstances. Huh? I, I, I get this. I've been standing at the Red Sea before. Hello? I've watched God part it in ways I never dreamed of, thought of, or imagined. And it just seemed like, boom, I'm on the other side. And God has destroyed my enemies. He's destroyed those things that I thought was going to wreck me and break me and do all these things. Amen. Listen, the Bible declares that God has made, you, made a way. He's carved a road to lead you. And he's positioned, he has positioned rivers of provision to refresh you. That's what he says. If anyone is thirsty, let him come unto me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from their hearts. God wants to pour rivers of living water out of you. Out of you in your school. Out of you in your job. Out of you to those around and out of you to your family. Come on somebody. Rivers of life. There's so much on the horizon. So much that lies ahead. Don't be discouraged by some bumps in the road. Don't be discouraged by the detours on your path. Amen. Continue to trust God. Put your faith in God. Speak new things into the wilderness. God will speak new things into the wilderness or the desert seasons. The scripture says, taste and see that God is good. Amen. He's good in your life. He's good in this church. He's good in this community. Come on, somebody. He's good in the world. He's playing good. He's ministering good. And I choose to be thankful for God's rivers of provision along the way. Amen. You remember when... Elijah was out in the, uh, he was out in the desert, and, and God sent him to a river, a brook that, that they said, oh, hey, this brook's going to dry up. And God sent him meat every day. God will send you meat from the king's table. Come on, somebody, can you hear what I'm saying to you? Praise God. God never gives up or walks out on a work that he starts. Huh? Your family might have. You may have had a husband that did. Huh? You may have had a cousin that walked out on you. Come on, help me. Amen? You may have had a, cl a close friend that just ditched you, dropped you like a newborn giraffe. Come on, somebody. You're welcome. I love to make people laugh. I'm not a comedian, but I wish I were. Amen? Did you laugh? I see you sm he's smirking back there. God never gives up. Listen. Or walks out on a work that he starts. I, I, I never read in scripture that God was, it, you know, it, it records in scripture God was saying, well, I was going to make heaven and earth. But it was very difficult. It's too hard. It's too involved. Listen, I was going to make heaven and earth, but people won't believe that I made it. Huh? Listen, I was going to start a brand new work in this guy. I was going to start a work in Michael Coling. That's me. I believe that's just a waste of my time. He's a, lost, he's a lost cause. He's too difficult of a task. Come on, if you know who I am, you can go ahead and say amen. But God said, I'll start the task. 
and I'll finish a work in his life. God doesn't start things and not finish them. Amen. Two more quick points. Do you not see it? Do you not see it? Holy Spirit, remind us, amen, not to look back at the things that have been, but to fix our eyes on the things that you have planned for us in the future. In Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse 5, the Lord replied, look around at the nations, look and be amazed, for I am doing something new in your own day. I don't want to sit around thinking about, man, I wish I lived in Joshua's generation. I wish I lived in Moses' generation. I wish I was in, I wish I would have been John the Baptist. Come on, somebody. I don't want to sit around thinking about that. God has called me to such a time as this, this generation, this time, this people, this young people. Come on, somebody. The people that I'm dealing with today, the people that I'm loving on today, God has called me to that space. Praise God. And God says, I'm doing something in your day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. I love that. God speaks into our future just as he did Israel's. In Exodus chapter 14, it says that all of Israel were cornered in the wilderness, and at that point, God brought his people to an impassable place. Why an impassable place? Why an impossible place? So you know who your redeemer and your deliverer is. Because it wasn't you, huh? They didn't just finish a bridge going over the Red Sea when they got there, come on. Was it the engineers, huh? It wasn't somebody around and about you. It wasn't your boss or your co-worker. God, there was, no forward. there was no way forward. There was no way over. There was no way up. Come on. There was no way back and there was no way through. And then even when Moses stepped out there with that rod in his hand and he was getting ready to part the waters, God was getting ready to part the waters, the people still had no idea what was going to happen and what was going to occur. Amen. The people could not see ahead to where they were going. That That's called faith. It's called faith. I step into that space. I can't see. Is there foundation on the other side or not? I step out on it anyways. And God provided a way. And a lot of times we feel like that. All you may have to go on is faith in in, in God's promises and the dreams in your heart. Praise God. Did I tell you I had two more points? I only have one. We're in the one. We're in the last one. Praise God. God. Give yourselves a hand of appreciation. Come on, man. Pastor Mike, he's working through it. Here we go. Amen. Just five today. Amen. All you may have to go on is faith in God's promises. Alec, would you come? Your worship team, come. And the dreams of your heart. God's placed that dream in your heart. He's placed that situation. He's placed that calling in your life. There's a problem that you see right now. You see a problem. God may have placed you in it to be the solution. Huh? He may have placed you right in that space. And faith in God is an, is an adventure with plenty of challenges and not much idea of what lies ahead other than the fact that God has promised us that he will work it out for our good. Amen? I didn't say all things are good. Scripture doesn't say all things are good. But God will work it all out for your good. And it's a journey that's navigated by faith. That's all right. You can give him a hand clap of praise. Praise God. It's a journey. And wherever God leads you, he'll provide the way for you to reach your destination. God is never, huh? God is always waiting on us. You're never waiting on God. He's waiting on you. 
He's waiting on you to have faith. He's waiting on you to have confidence. He's waiting for you to step into that space and say, God, I trust you. Amen. God's word is truth, and it always overrides the facts that I face from day to day. Do you not see it? Do you not see it? Point number five, it's a question of faith and confidence. Don't you see what God is doing? To embrace all that God has planned for your life, you must lay hold of his promise to make a way for you through the wilderness and through the valleys. That means when your child is sick, amen, you lift your belief above the fact that they are ill and onto the truth that they're already healed by the stripes that Jesus took on the scourging post. Can you hear what I'm saying? This isn't naming and claiming stuff. Amen? This is just the truth of the word of God. It means that when you're struggling financially, you lay hold of the truth declared in Philippians chapter 4, 19, that my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It means when the desires of your heart appear impossible, you lay hold of his promise in Psalm 37 and verse 4 to give them to you. God wants to give you the desires of your heart, of your heart. With God's purpose comes his provision. Praise God. And I pray that our lives and the Hope City Church will be a roadmap of his faithfulness, a source of life, a source of hope, and a source of healing unto others. Will you stand with me all over the building this morning? As our prayer team comes, you may be facing an impossible situation. I'm not saying that's good. But God will work it out for your good. He will work all things out for your good. You say, Pastor, I'm facing some circumstances. I'm facing some things. I'm facing an addiction or I'm facing some financial financial stress. I'm facing some relationship relationship stress between those that I love. God is able. He's made a way before he could do it again. You can trust God. God's got this. Amen. God will meet those needs in your heart. He'll meet those needs in your life. Will you put that confidence in him? Will you put that faith in him today? You say, Pastor, I'm in need. I'm in need, and I'm in need of a miracle. I need God to do something in my heart. I need God to do something in my life. I need God to bring some healing in the space that I'm walking in right now. Can I just see your hand? You say, that's me, Pastor. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Hands all over the building. Listen, I want you to find a space. God bless you, young lady. God bless you. God bless you, ladies. God bless you. I want you to find a space to pray. You might need to grab one of these uh, up here, one of these prayer team members. Listen, they're, they're here so you can pray with them. Amen. We've all had to come to God. We've all come to those spaces and those places. We've all come to those seasons where we needed God to to perform a miracle in our heart. We needed God to perform a miracle in our lives. And I challenge you to step out in faith and say, I need need God to move in my heart. I need God to move in my life. We want to pray with you. Will you come? We're going to sing. We're going to worship. I challenge you. You say, Pastor Mike, I'm believing God for greater things in my own vision, my own purpose, my own future. And I've, I've not been trusting that space. I, I know that there's some of us in the building who are walking in that space. Listen, God has got you. He's got you. He knows. 
everything that he's doing in your heart and in your life. Stay in surrender mode. Stay in that space. God's going to continue to move in your heart and in your life in a powerful and a miraculous way. We're going to pray for those. I would love for you to help us to join in with us as we worship and join in as we pray. God bless you this morning.